One, two, one, two. This is the Blaze the Lion podcast. I am your host, Blaze, Blaze the Lion, Blaze Goldsmith. Indeed, indeed. This is episode. Brain don't fail me now. Episode 74. That that sounds like it's right. So we're going with that. This is episode 74, and we're in the month of May. So for all May, for all of May, we're focused on mental health. This is also Mental Health Awareness Month. So mental health is so vast. It can be somewhat tricky. It can be touchy. It can anger folks. It can reveal certain things about people. Regardless, it is necessary. It is uh, a topic that I felt was very necessary for us to have, for us to share. And over the course of these weeks, we've had different guests on uh, to kick off the theme for mental health. We had Supernova Slam, who is a activist. Uh, Born and raised vegan. He's athlete, musician. Um, he's a spiritual advisor. So many more, and um, he was able to drop tons of gems on us. And then last week we had Stephanie Perez, uh, who is the GM, general manager at a Crunch facility, and she was able to share some personal stories regarding mental health and what she herself has gone through, what some of her clients in the gyms over the years, what they have gone through, and what some people tend to hide, how they mask, how they're truly feeling. So tonight, I said, well, we need to get a, a maybe similar in, in some ways, but also a different perspective from someone who deals one-on-one with with clients and someone who I'm sure has stories of her own um, from what she sees and how she's able to assess and to help. <clears throat> and we've put a negative label maybe on therapy, on a therapist. You're going to therapy or you have a counselor, or what does that all even mean? Isn't that for weird people? But in case you haven't noticed, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. And most of us are weird. Most of us are different, right? If you're blending in, who, I mean, who really wants to blend in anymore, right? Your power isn't being different. But in any case, with all that said, all month of May, we're targeting, we're focusing on mental health. And um, tonight, for episode 74, we have someone here who I have known, hmm, I'd say over a decade. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is someone that I've seen in the fitness arenas, fitness avenues. Uh, from the run club, Blaze Run Club, where we used to run 5Ks and 10Ks and 
half marathons and all that. Um, and it's just someone who I've seen go for her, for her goals and to, um, to keep pushing and someone who was able to go through life's journey and to learn about herself, um, but continue to grow, to continue to walk in her purpose. And, um, on the Blazer Line podcast, that's what we do. We highlight those who have found their purpose, who are walking in their purpose, who are actually making a difference in this world, for it is needed. It's definitely needed. Right now, if you're watching this episode 74, we are live right now on iSquad TV, and we are live on the Blazer Line podcast on YouTube. Indeed. So click that like button, like this episode. Also, subscribe to the channel. Indeed, indeed. <clears throat> so, for tonight, we have Madame Therapist herself, an expert in this field of um, mental health and also help. Right? Indeed, indeed. So, without any further delay, we have. Marsha Pierre, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was an incredible introduction. <laughs> I am I'm truly um, honored to, uh, to have you on for I feel that this is what we needed. We needed Marsha's perspective. This is what we've been waiting for. We needed, um, we just needed realness, right? And um, I, I'm, I'm truly excited to dive in. But before we dive in, I always tell my guests, for those who may not know, share a little bit about who, who you are with the audience. Sure. I am a licensed mental health counselor. Um, I'm currently in the PhD program for marriage and family therapy, and I work in private practice. Mm-hmm. So right there, you said marriage. So people still get married, right? That's, I believe so. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I still think, yeah, I guess it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like from the 90s. I didn't realize people still get married. I agree with you. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So be, before we get into your job, let's get into how did you get here? So how did this, this whole journey start? Is this a goal of yours that you've all, always had or did life happen and it kind of pushed you this way? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, life did happen. So about 12 years ago, I was living in Sacramento, California. I was, um, a supervisor at a hospital there. And I realized that I wasn't happy with what I was doing. Mm. Um, I had set these goals, which I hit those goals and realized None of this was making me happy. And and the goals at that time was like to make six figures, um, own my own uh, condo. And once I achieved all those things, I was like, okay, 
this isn't enough. Like I wasn't being fulfilled. I, um, I just wasn't happy. So due to circumstances, um, I was fired. So, which was a blessing. And I then moved um, to Florida. And then that's when I started to find my purpose. And I did that by asking um, friends, family, like, what did they think that I was good at? And a lot of people started to tell me I was great at giving advice. And it, it was surprising to me. Um, so I was like, okay, well, maybe I do have a, a niche for it. Maybe I should just look into it and, and go into it. And I started off as a uh, life coaching okay. and I did that for about um, maybe a year. I realized I needed more education and, and wanted to learn more, more about it. So I ended up getting my master's and um, after my master's, I still felt like I needed more. So then I went for my PhD. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so along this journey, right, of education, um, because I see this all the time, not just in this industry, but in various industries. Um, so in the fitness industry, you know, as, as well, where you have the book knowledge, right? And you learn about the body and you learn about the parts and they give you the real life examples and all of this, right? Mm -hmm. And you ace all these tests and such, and then you go out in the real world, right? And you have your first client and they present you with their situation and their problem. And you're like, I don't know what the hell to do right now, <laughs> right? But I'm act like it because, you know, right. so how, how different or similar was the education from actually dealing with the clients? Um, it taught me a lot. And more so, it taught me about myself. Um, of course, getting the education helped me to listen for certain things and be able to um, help that client to process what they were going through. But more so, it was the education that I needed for myself and the things that I learned about myself. Yeah. How are you able to heal others? How are you able to help others if you yourself haven't healed, right? If you haven't, you know, like gone through the storm and actually been able to overcome and address certain things that, that you know, that we were actually carrying ourselves. Right, right. The thing about healing, it's always an ongoing process. You're, yeah. you're healing and learning. So where you may feel like you've healed one thing, all of a sudden you're peeling off another layer. And I call it like the onion. You're just peeling off that layer and you're going in deeper and you're finding more things that you needed to heal from or you learned about yourself. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And I want to go back a little bit to what you said earlier when you said you had all these goals, right? To live it uh to live in a certain place uh to get to the mark of six figures and all these things and many people feel i don't know if it's our country or society or the entertainment or 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 
just how we were raised. But many people think that money can solve everything. And once you get to the bag, once you get to six figures, once you be, you know, once you get to, to that certain mark, um, that all the problems just just vanish. And I've seen this time and time again from millionaires to the the celebrities to there's so many people who have money and money isn't their their issue um but they realized that just like that onion there was just so much more that they had to uncover and they just weren't happy they thought that that thing or those goals right that we deem as successful would be the end all or it would like solve so much things and it was like i didn't learn so much more that now now i gotta go back to the drawing board and i gotta do all these other things so <coughs> yes I, I i've i've just seen that as there's a the same insect <laughs> flying in my studio any case yeah so can you paint for us just that that picture of when you're there saying to yourself okay well on my vision board or on my goals check 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 but something's missing there's there's more right right um i think it was definitely an upbringing you know and i grew up in a haitian household and I was told you get education, you make money, and that's what you're supposed to do with your life, you know? And I remember um, going back and, and I was sitting in my loft and I'm sitting upstairs and I'm looking at this place and I'm like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. Like I did it, I accomplished, I've, I've achieved all these things. And I was like, okay, I have a nice car, I have nice clothes, I have a great job. And there was like nothing. It was like none of this stuff filled me up. All these material things did not make me happy. And then that's when I started searching and asking myself, okay, what is it? What am I needing to do? Because I, I knew I should have been giving some type of service. I knew I should have been helping someone, helping people. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't know what it was at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that money, do you feel that the more opportunity, because more money usually brings more opportunity, you usually have opportunities that maybe those who aren't in those positions, um, uh, they may not have. Do you feel that, is it truly more money, more problems, in the words of Biggie and 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 Diddy, is that part of the problem? Yeah, that is definitely the problem. <laughs> and I think I realized that too. Um, the more money, the more problems I had. And it was like, it was constantly flying out the window. Um, for yeah. me today, I look at money as energy. You know, yeah. it, it's something that can be produced. It's something that you can literally like grab and just bring in. But of course you have to be in that state of consciousness in order to do that or even understand what that means. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Money 
And you know, we're so many people have so much, so many different views on money, and it could be your upbringing, it could be like your religion, it could be just your own internal beliefs, right? Um, but money is definitely a energy. If you feel like you can't attain money, you're right. You can't attain, you know. If right. you feel like money is easy and money flows, then you may lose money, but you're able to attract that money back. You're right. So, yeah, it's 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 just so crazy how we are taught education. Uh, make money and go get married. And you <laughs> and it's like those things bring can bring so many other issues. It's right. And no one prepares you for that. No one prepares you for any of those things. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, just do it. It's gonna be great. Just do it. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, like you learn as you go. Like, mm. right. Everything isn't made for that. <laughs> Some things you kind of got to be a little more more cautious too. All right. So now take us in a day in the life of Marsha Pierre, right? So dealing with, with uh, clients and just hearing some of these stories, is there one particular client or or couple that stands out that just has such a interesting maybe negative or positive story um okay (laughs) well of course (laughs) which one which one of course like when you're an intern you're going through the process you have to then work in community uh centers so that could be a bit of a challenge because you're actually working with clients that may be um, resistant. So these could be court order clients. These could be um, clients that actually need services and, and they're at a facility in order to get those services. But they're not really there for like the mental health. Um, so one particular client, the community uh, mental health place that I was working at, she was kicked out of the program and she was very upset about this. So she ended up finding my number online and calling me like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and not saying anything, but pretty much stalking me. So suddenly it, it stopped and I realized it stopped only because she was, she got arrested. So mm. yeah, but that's not the norm. So what I don't- What are you doing to these patients, Marsha? <laughs> I don't want, you know, future therapists out there to think that their clients are going to stalk them. So it's not the norm. Um, But I've had clients where I've had couples, you know, they'll argue in the middle of the session. One will storm out, Mm. uh, you know, things like that, which is kind of normal. So what do you do in that case? So you're in the middle of a session and then you have one of the partners like, Screw this. I'm done. This is a waste of time. Honestly, there's nothing you can do. You got to let them go, you know, because chasing them might, um, uh, what's the word? I put your life in danger. (laughs) It could, 
but then it's it's also basically telling them the behavior is okay, you know. So it's like you don't want to reinforce that behavior. So you just kind of let them go and be like, all right, well, I'll see you next week. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Have you? Um, because I've done therapy and I haven't necessarily done couple therapy. Well, hmm. I've, I guess you could say I've done some couple therapy, but it was not me and my partner, like at the same time. It was like we were going to the same place mm -hmm. and I had my therapist and then she had her therapist. Um, and Did you guys ever meet together? No. Oh, okay. No, and um, and it obviously like it didn't work for for various reasons. I mean, I was lying as well, like to the therapist, so I already wasn't really being transparent. But enough about me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, have you? Has that ever happened where you're you're having sessions with couples, and maybe? maybe one partner was really was really for let's get therapy let's get someone to help us and then they felt like maybe um you were siding with the other partner even if you weren't per se but they may have felt like it wasn't going as they thought it would yeah that tends to happen all the time so the thing about couples therapy, um, I like to tell people, if you're in a relationship, start doing therapy ahead of time. Because oftentimes when couples come in, it's already towards the end of the, the relationship or towards the end of the marriage. And now they're wanting to save what they have left. And it's always yeah. that one partner who's all for it, but the other partner is like, no, I've already checked out. You know, so it, it's, um, it's a difficult dynamic. Um, as a therapist, you try to do your best to, to get both of them to be on the same page or at least understand what's happening in the situation. Yeah. But again, it's usually towards the end of the relationship. So it tends to not work out very well. Mm. Yeah. So we are curious here on the Blazer Line podcast. So that's without giving us all the tools on your tool belt, right? Um, can we dig a little bit deeper? Um, are you able to, to share with us maybe a tip or a exercise or an activity that you do uh, like in one of your sessions? Um, so my therapy style is a bit different from other therapists. So I consider myself an emotional coach. And I kind of dive into the emotions of a person. So in order to do that, I'll um, use videos. I'll use um, worksheets. Yeah, videos of like educational videos to kind of trigger. Uh, not like uh, cheating videos. No, no. Uh, okay, okay, cool. We could talk about that and why <laughs> that happens, but no. <laughs> we, I don't joke cheating videos. <laughs> Um, but 
it it then helps the client to understand like if it was something like anxiety so showing them a video on anxiety would help them understand that one they're not alone Mm -hmm. Um, they may be able to see some of the things that they're experiencing and then it kind of helps them to then uh, deal with their anxiety a a little bit better Mm. yeah Um, it's if so if you were to even think about social media right when you go to your facebook or your instagram or your tiktok or whatever is um videos help right videos help to paint that that clearer picture um so i can definitely see hmm okay have you how i guess the question would be how how much are you by the book or are you are you open to kind of a free spirit meaning have all the sessions been in a facility have there been any times where you all have been out of the facility and had like a session outdoors or tried to i don't know just something out of the box yeah i mean i've done um kind of like a walking therapy so if I'm at where I, I used to work at a treatment facility, um, substance abuse. So a lot of the times the clients didn't want to really stay in the office. So we would walk to the park or walk around the building. So, yeah, I would definitely do things like that with them. Uh, okay. Yeah. I would like that. I would like to talk with a therapist and do like some walking lunges and do like some burpees while I'm expressing, you know, myself, I feel, I thought that would be most effective, but Hey, mm-hmm. I'll have to try that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. So with couple therapy and with, with dealing with couples and as you said that the that one of the problems is that a lot of couples try to seek help towards the end, right? Where one of the partners or maybe both are really not as invested as they were uh, like in the beginning or in the middle of the actual relationship. Um, So what would you say is the common theme or the common themes or the common problems that you hear what seems to be like the culprit of why a lot of these relationships are are failing or are are going through problems and issues and stuff um typically well the usual so sometimes it's infidelity um, sometimes it's the couple has been together for a long time and they may have outgrew each other. Um, or you might have couples that one partner, their behavior is a bit erratic and the other partner is, is tired of dealing with the toxicity of it. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Have you ever dealt with any couples where the challenges or the problems that they were sharing with you 
just seemed strange. <laughs> seemed a little different. Like it wasn't the, inf uh, the infidelity. It wasn't uh, trust or the the, uh, the miscommunication or like anything like that. It was like something weird because you watch TV and social media and sometimes you see couples fighting and it's just strange. It's just like weird, weird problems that you don't really see a lot. Because um, I feel that Many of us are are weird, and <clears throat> we try to label right our problems and put the labels that everyone else uses. Oh, is you know we didn't work out because we grew apart or whatever. But is that really the reason? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance. Um, my my parents and i'm about to tell my parents just 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 give you guys a little bit and um one time for my mom and my pops okay and i love you all very much all right with that said i remember things like my mom was very very neat she liked her home in a particular order Right, a particular smell and all of that. And my pops was maybe the opposite, right? He just kind of lived life on the edge, right? Um, and things like my mom cleaning his ashtrays would cause like a big argument. Right? So I'm like, was it truly the ashtrays or really was it something deeper? So I don't know. Have you heard any stories stories of, of yeah. that? Yeah. It, it's never about the ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> it's always deeper. Yeah. Um, it, I think what happens over time with couples, um, it's important for to accept the partner you know, and that could be difficult, especially when, as you mentioned, your mom was very um, uh, orderly and, and, and clean, cleaning the house was very important to her. Mm -hmm. So having her husband to then leave things behind, yeah, that could, that could uh, grow tension over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, so how can we help with how our world is right now and with all that's going on? Um, how can we as a community, how can we partner with you? How can we partner with counselors, with, with therapists, with, with coaches? Like what part do we play? Like, how can we help? Um, I think it's important to just talk about it. I know now it's like more people are coming out, more people are seeking therapy. Um, the pandemic definitely caused that. And so many people are like 
seeking therapy. Like my, um, the group practice that I'm at, they've seen an, a substantial, sorry, um, influx of people coming in seeking therapy. Like it's literally jumped. And I think the messages and what a lot of people don't understand is we hear anxiety, but not everyone understands what that means. Mm. And as humans, animals too, we all have anxiety because it's a biological response. It's our fight or flight response. So um, what people don't understand is that anxiety plays a role into all the things that we do, our patterns of behaviors, the way that we communicate, the way that we react to things. So for example, well, let me just preference this and go back. Um, the fight or flight response is basically our adrenaline moving, getting ready for an actual physical threat outside of us. So we live in Florida, we have panthers, okay? So if there was a panther in front of us, we would either get ready to either fight or get ready to run or possibly even freeze because that's a response too. Um, but when it's psychological, it's all happening in our minds and the body has all this energy and doesn't know what to do with it. So that energy then sits here in the shoulders, in the chest, and people will feel it in various parts of their body or it'll um, interrupt their functioning. So people talk about how they can't sleep at night and that's because their mind is constantly running yeah. and that is part of the anxiety, you know, and for some, it can, um, it can intensify turning into anger or rage for others where some people uh, suppress it and then it turns into depression, but it's still energy. So oftentimes I tell people like, especially when they're dealing with that, to move around, to do certain things, just to get that energy out of their body versus allowing it to just sit in there. Mm. I have heard that. I have, I have heard um, when you have, especially dealing with like depression and, and such, that um, it's best to not stay still or to be in the house. Usually it's best to, to leave. I mean, unless you're going to do something crazy, right? But it's it's best to go outside and be you know and 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 see nature, the parks or the beach, or just drive around and just to get out the house. Plus the fact that in some cases with depression, that could lead to people inflicting harm harm right like on themselves. So it's like, all right, let us get out the house. Right. <laughs> and so, hmm. Yeah. Is there a certain place that you hear a lot from clients that, and this can be good or bad, but is, is there one location or a few locations that you hear often that persons use, uh, whether as a crutch? or they use like to get away or they use um, like as their therapy? What do you mean by use it as a crutch? 
So for some people, it may be when they feel the anxiety or they feel the anger or, or the depression that they may go to the bar and that may be like the go-to or for some, it may be, it may be the beach or maybe church or something like, I don't know. Is there like a common uh, like location that you hear a lot? Um, probably not so much a location, but people will try to use alcohol, um, mm -hmm. drugs to kind of ease their anxiety um, or like putting it into work or putting it into um, yeah. other things that might possibly be productive, but could still be harmful for them, their bodies, actually. Yeah. Trying to stay busy. So you don't deal with, with exactly what you, yeah, makes sense. I think I've been a victim of that too. I think I've been guilty of that where, um, sometimes it's uncomfortable, but that's part of healing, right? To be uncomfortable, but many times you don't want to be uncomfortable. So it's like, all right, let me go focus on this money or let me go focus on the job or whatever else and just and just stay busy and then you realize that when it's time to sleep that you can't sleep because you got all this stuff exactly yeah. it's a it's surprising to me how people don't want to deal with their emotions and they prefer what i call just to be on and that's just like to keep going don't have time to think about it don't have time to feel it let's just keep it moving eventually it catches up with the person yeah yeah at some point right yeah i mean it has to and the way how life is set up sometimes when it does catch up it's not convenient <laughs> it's like uh right but catching up could also look like um someone who has chest pain and they run to the emergency room yeah. only to find out that they had a panic attack you mm -hmm. know so Again, it's affecting their body. Mm -hmm. So it's important. Mental health is so important. And I don't understand. People just don't, they don't want to go see a therapist. Yeah. I know for, for men, some may think that it's a sign of weakness to go see a therapist, to go seek help. They're like, oh, I got this. You know, I don't want to shed my emotions i don't want to tell a stranger right the things that i'm really battling with and many times as men we don't even realize what we are battling with because we have over the years we have fought it and we have like suppressed it and hit it to the point that maybe we even hide it from ourselves so it may take a therapist it may take a counselor to actually uncover like hey timmy <laughs> you've been holding on to this since you know since you were a child and because you haven't dealt with it it stayed with you and it's grown into this or into that so whew. yeah with, with men i tend to see um anger issues. And that's a lot of the trauma, the emotions that they haven't dealt with. And then it just explodes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll see it as depression where then they can't, um, they're not functioning. They're not getting out of bed. They're not going to work. And I guess it's a society thing. I don't know if it's more of a American thing where it's like men aren't supposed to show emotions. And mm-hmm. my question is then why do men have tear ducts? <laughs> they're supposed to cry. It's okay to cry mm-hmm. and let those emotions out. It doesn't make them weak. Yeah. It's not an American thing because Caribbean men are also taught that is true. <laughs> don't show emotion, right? We all know we need our business on social media platforms. And at Star Child Social, through research and planning, we create converting posts and stories that attract your ideal client. Taking that weight off your shoulders, enabling you to focus on achieving your goals for your business. Check us out for a free consultation at www.starchildsocial.com. Star Child Social, holding your hand through this ever-changing world of social media. You are the the head of household or whatever, and you just provide. And don't, don't deal with the issues. You just provide. Hmm. Yeah. And then it goes back to why the relationships aren't working out. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if their only job is to provide, what happens to the emotional intimacy? What that partner, the other partner needs. And yet, see you you hit it right on the head and what men will do too is because we're not happy and because we're not dealing with our emotions and the issues at hand we use sex as our therapy thinking that it's helping but it's not really helping so we start cheating on our spouse or on our girlfriends or, you know, like on our mates, um, because we, I guess that is like a belief system. I'm not really sure where that comes from, but I, 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 I realized that from young, from, from in my twenties that in my head, it made sense. Like, okay, well, you're not happy in this relationship. Don't, end it though don't don't end it because she's a good woman don't end it but just release that frustration on other chicks and you'll feel better and you start doing that and then guess what you realize you don't feel better it what's interesting um it's um how to explain this it's a phenomenon among humans. So when the relationship, when the two-party relationship becomes unstable, then that tension has to be released by bringing a third party in. So the third party could be um, an outside relationship or the third party could be bringing in their children to ease the tension or work or just something outside that pulls them away from that partner. And that's all that it really is, is just not managing the anxiety between the two people in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And then what tends to happen is 
you know, we we aren't happy in our current relationship. And then we see this third party, right? And the grass looks so green over there. So we go over there and we start a whole thing over there. And then that one ends up failing too because we haven't dealt with, you know. Right. Learned that the hard way a couple of times. <laughs> but that's how the pattern continues yeah. because it's the person is just not dealing with their emotions. Yeah. And they think a new person is just going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I have heard ladies tell me, um, tell me and show me that I'm not doing my job that I that I don't make them happy that I am not solving their their problems and I'm and I'm like that's not my job though because right. <laughs> if that job is unfair because I'll never be able to no one will ever be able to heal you. Yeah, happiness comes with from within and happiness is work. So for those who are like, oh, I'm so unhappy, find things that that you enjoy. Find things um, that raises that that vibration and then continue to do it because happiness takes work. It's constantly talking to yourself in a positive way. It's doing things that you absolutely love in order to continue to have that euphoric feeling of happiness. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever been, um, what's the word? Have you ever been, uh, I can't think of the word, have a brain fart here. Has, has anyone ever told you fix me have they ever come to you like all right well you're the expert right so here's all my stress here's all my problems now fix it i wish someone (laughs) no no one ever wants to come to me to be like help me fix me (laughs) what's interesting it's it's like being that I'm the therapist and I'm the caregiver, I'm always wanting to help other people. So it's like, but you can do this so much better. And they're like, no, 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 I, I don't need your help. So that's what I tend to get. Mm. <laughs> mm. So it's a lot of people in denial. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever gotten people saying, Marsha, fix him? Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely seen that among my clients. Yeah. Yeah, Because I ain't doing anything wrong. It's them. They're the crazy ones. They don't appreciate me and they. Right. And I tell, and my response is it's two people in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Huh. Marsha, do you know what time it is? Let me guess. Color time? Woo! Color time! 
Call it time. I swear that um, my guests deep down, they actually know what time it is, but I'm not sure if they're scared to actually say it. In any case, yes, it is color time. So, so you know how this goes already, right? Mm-hmm. You don't even got to say anything. See? She did her homework. She's ready. All right, we're going to get into some random colors, and my guest will share what these colors mean to her. So, from a counselor's perspective, um, let's see. Let's see where her mind is. Indeed, indeed. All right, let's start. First color. And again, as I always say, those in the chat, feel free to give me some colors so we can make this more exciting for our featured guests. Indeed. I know, right? Yeah. Like somebody been doing their own homework here. <laughs> All right. So color number one. Let's get right to it. Charcoal. Charcoal. The only thing I could think of is is something you ingest after you've taken poison. <laughs> mm. Okay. I've never got that answer before. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's from my medical background. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything else? Mm-mm. I can't think of a substance, but I know you're supposed to take charcoal after. Maybe it was bleach or something. Maybe. I don't know. Look, Google that. Okay. I think about frying on the grill. I think about brushing your teeth with charcoal. I, everything. That's, that's where my mind went. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Color number two. Let's go with barbecue. <laughs> um, let's go with navy blue. What I have on my favorite color. Hey, there we go. Why did you choose navy blue tonight? I don't know. It just, it spoke to me. Mm. And that's why I wore it. What does it mean to you? When it spoke to you, mm -hmm. what did it say? That I should definitely get this jacket and wear navy blue tonight. And what was the tone that it said it to you in? It was more like a picture in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like, wear me, damn it. No. Mm, 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 not so strong. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Maybe in a whisper. Mm. Like, wear me. Yeah, that's it. You know you want to. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right. <laughs> uh, what do we got? Color number three? Color number three. Huh. I like this one. Let's do it with this. Watermelon red. And you can't say mm. watermelon. Watermelon red. All I can think is a watermelon. Um, I don't know. I heard that red is a good way to attract. So 
red is a good color for attraction. What are you trying to attract? Oh, that's for the viewers out there. Oh, okay. Okay. Would watermelon red be a color that you would wear? Mm, probably not, no. No. When I think of watermelon, I also think of pink. I think more so of pink than actually red, but it is red. Hmm. A okay. good watermelon. It's nice and red in the middle. Yes. Yes. Now you got me craving watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next color. This is number four, I think, right? Color number four. Uh, let's go with... What's that color? Um... Uh, what's that color? Um, I can't think of the color. Um, blonde. My new do? It was, it was a specific kind of blonde that I was thinking of, but it, um, but I can't, I don't know, but it left me. So in any case, blonde. Oh, just your hair? Oh, I'm sorry. That's my hair. Oh, that was yeah. the answer. Was gotcha, answer. got. I thought that was the question you were asking me. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, you're here. Hmm. I don't think I've ever said this color. Let's go ahead. Cocoa, Cocoa brown. brown. Oh man. The first thing I thought of was um, what my grandmother used to make is a uh, a Haitian um, chocolate. And that's what I thought of when uh, Coco Brown came up. So share more about this. She, um, I'm like, it's like a whole bunch of ingredients. I don't know it all, but she gets actual, like the actual chocolate and then like um, grades it down and then boils it and adds like, I think it's carnation milk. I mean, it is, it's so good. Mm. Okay. Reminds it's, me of Christmas. Okay. Okay. Uh, I guess Giselle's grandmother as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. All I remember my grandmother making was um, garlic tea. Didn't have garlic tea. I had like a... um. It's a green, it's not, no, red onion tea. That's great. Red onion tea? Yeah, I'll have I've, to give you that tip. I've, I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. Is that for, is that supposed to taste good or is that for like healing properties or? It's healing. Um, you pour onion, you put lemon on top, you let it sit overnight and then it makes um, a juice. And then you boil the, the water and you pour it in. Oh my God, it's amazing. It'll cure every anything. Mm. Mm. Red onion. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll send okay. it to you. <laughs> okay. I would try. Why not? 
Um, okay, let's go with one more question. I mean, one more color, rather. Uh, hmm. Let's go with milky white. I keep thinking of like food stuff. I Carnation, not carnation milk. Um, what is that? Condensed milk? That's mm -hmm. what I thought of. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, they used to put that in everything. Yeah, they did. They would take the healthiest things <laughs> and, and it was so good. And they're like, oh, it's so healthy. And then as you grow up, you know, and um, you realize like, hmm. Is it really that healthy because of all the other stuff that they add to it? It's a lot of sugar in there. Yeah. I don't suggest it. Yeah. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But I guess as, as kids, that was how we were able to drink it. Right. Yeah. I guess the actual raw of it. Yeah, right out the can. I remember that too. We used mm -hmm. to take the little, um, the, uh, the can opener and just do the sides and then and it would like slowly drift out mm -hmm. okay. those are the days and i can't even have that stuff anymore i would i would probably throw up in any case all right well this completes color time you're good nothing too too crazy yeah, that was fun. Took me back. Oh, okay. Indeed, indeed. What is something from your childhood? Let's get a little deep now. Just, just a little bit, maybe. What's a what's a memory from your childhood that stays with you today? Huh. Well, I guess the first thing that came to mind as a kid, we always went to um, Bush Gardens in Virginia. So that was always um, a favorite spot for me to go to. Hmm. Is there a specific memory regarding Bush Gardens that kind of comes to mind? The white water rapids. Yes. Yes. Indeed. It was, um, as a kid, it was something about getting wet. Where now, when I go to those theme parks, I ain't really trying to get wet like that. And I got stuff to do. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but as a kid, it's like, and we get wet. Oh. Right, right. <laughs> like that was a bonus. I oh yeah. Huh. Indeed. Now going back to to childhood, is there a is there a childhood memory or a lesson or anything that maybe you were taught from a parent or a grandparent? Is there anything from your childhood that in your practice, right? That in your 
in your daily work that um, that helps you, that helps you as you're helping um, clients? So is it like a value or a belief or a, or a saying or anything? Um, probably not from my childhood, but okay. one of the sayings, um, I believe Oprah had said this, was uh, we teach people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And when I'm um, teaching clients about setting boundaries, and that's one of the sayings I always bring up, because in order to enforce a boundary, you have to then teach that person. And if you, was, if you wasn't um, setting boundaries before, then the relationship was the way that it is, is because you taught the person how to then treat you. Ooh, hard lesson right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen that so many times and I've experienced that as well. And then you get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm tired of them treating me this certain way. And you don't realize that they've been treating you that way for so long and you haven't said anything even if it hurt you or it, it caused you anger or grief or whatever every time, but but you allowed it. So right. now when you're trying to put the smack down, they're looking at you like, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's always, it's, um, a process that you have to continue to say and do. Yeah. It could be difficult because the other person they're they're used to doing what they were doing before. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Indeed. For someone listening, um maybe it could be they're dealing with some challenges in their marriage. Um uh, like in a relationship, uh, maybe they're dealing with challenges just on their own. Uh, what would you say? Um, basically, what I'm asking is, what advice or what tips would you give to someone to do or to start doing on a regular basis? Well, I definitely encourage everyone to get a therapist. Um, so that can happen in many ways. There's community centers that offer maybe free services or discounted um, services. Okay. Um, um, most people's insurance companies uh, covers mental health, but that's like a separate branch. So if they call their insurance company and ask them, they could get that information. And then um, there's so many like platforms now that offer um, mental health. So in relationships, it's difficult. Relationships are hard. You know, you, you're operating with two people and one person wants one thing, the other person wants another thing. And it's hard to get into that, into the middle, you know? So having a therapist there to kind of sort that all out mm -hmm. is the best way to go. Mm -hmm. 
Indeed. Mm-hmm. At least use a third party in the right sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what is the average duration, the length of time that partners or that couples usually use a therapist? It depends. Um, For couples that's coming in, like I said before, at the end of their relationship, they may not last long. It might be one or two, maybe three sessions. Um, for some couples who understand the importance of having a therapist and want maintenance, then those couples tend to stay in therapy a little bit longer. So maybe like six months or even possibly a year, you know, they might okay. check in like once a month. Kind of That's thing. what I was going to ask you, like for a maintenance program, like how often would they see you? So you said like once a month? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. Hmm. You don't really hear about that much, right? As you mentioned, you really just hear about seeking therapy when things are on the rocks or seeking therapy where now they want to make that leap from the boyfriend and girlfriend to now get married. I'm like, okay, well, let's... So you see that where they may go and see a counselor or so you know, for like a few sessions and then that's it. And then they, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Another good time to, to see a therapist is um, life-changing events, like um, having a baby, getting married, um, having a, a having loved one a baby, passing. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. Because having a baby, that's extremely stressful. You know, yes. both parents are going through a lot and need someone to talk to other than the child. Yes. So. Yes. We do talk to the child, too. <laughs> we'll go vent to the child like as a little baby. Exactly. Hmm. Um, so you have a question here in the chat. <clears throat> How do you know which kind of therapist to choose? Well, I think the therapist works whoever you resonate with. So if you're going to therapy for the first time, you may have to go to different therapists until you find one that you like. Um, And then that might only be for a certain period of time. So you might get what you need from one therapist and then move on to the other. So it doesn't mean that you have to stay with the same person forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that if you feel like you don't connect with that person, um, you could, you know, move on to the next. So you, the person you have to do what's comfortable for you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, where are the, or what are the best ways to find therapy, to, to find a therapist? To some, it may seem like very overwhelming and they're not really sure, you know, like where to start. Would they, do you suggest going on social media and putting in hashtag therapist or a hashtag coach or, you know, do you go online on a search or? Yeah, it's it's better to, to search. Um, Psychology Today is a good source to go to look up therapists in the area. It'll... 
um, tell you the types of therapy, how much they charge. Um, it has all that information. Okay. Okay. I would assume that uh, maybe even like some websites or like some networks. Um, and then like insurance companies and such would kind of have a list of mm -hmm. like the different types. Yep. They would too. Check it out. Hmm. I see. As a therapist yourself, as a counselor, have you ever gotten therapy? I have. It is important for the therapist to have their own therapist. I mean, we go through our human stuff too. So like trainers need trainers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You you like have my um my wheel is turning as someone who I've had therapy as well. I've had I think maybe like three different therapists over the years. Uh like for different reasons. And um I I will admit uh, the first therapist that I had. I was in my 20s and I had, um, I know this is hard to believe, man. but um, I had anger issues. Like, that is hard to believe, yeah. Yeah, like who would have thought I would have anger issues? I would have never thought that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But in my 20s, in my mid, mid to late 20s, I had some, some pretty serious anger issues, so... I would attend therapy every Monday. <clears throat> and in my head, I used to say, this is stupid. This is dumb. Why am I seeing a therapist? This is, this will never work. Um, but I think what kind of, and I, I didn't do it for that long, honestly. I may have gotten like six sessions. Um, but in my head, I'm like, this is silly. This this guy can't help me. He don't. He doesn't look like me. He doesn't, you know, like understand what I've gone through. Blah blah blah. But I will tell you this: um, even though I would go there every week and roll my eyes and say this is not effective, um, at the end of those six weeks, something changed. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you what. <laughs> Right, but I but I will say that the um, the the out the outbursts, the anger outbursts uh, I was having um, was a lot less. So that's when I knew. I said, I got to give it up for these therapists because. Just imagine how some people, how so many people would probably go to therapy and in their head be like, yeah, this ain't gonna work or, you know? And it's like, wouldn't that only help you to be transparent with the therapist, right? Wouldn't that only help you to actually share how you're truly feeling, right? They're, they're not there for you to lie and for them to 
zone in and then to realize that you're lying and you know trying to find this truth or the answer but wouldn't it be more helpful to yourself to actually be real with therapists but i would i would wonder have you ever experienced that where where you could either tell that this person was not being honest or maybe like towards the end, you were like, I could actually, I, I really could have helped them if they were. Yeah, that happens. I mean, clients lie all the time, you yeah. know, so yeah. because it, that means they have to be vulnerable, you know, and therapy is, is very intimate. So it's scary for some people. And yeah i i know when my client i know when my client hasn't done their work and i'm just looking at them like yep okay so do you tell them do you tell them or do you just kind of keep it inside like it depends i might let it go for a couple of sessions and okay. then i might start to ask them like okay when when are we going to start working here you know like mm. what what's happening mm, yeah <laughs> yeah Hmm. Indeed, indeed. Um, so with all we've said, we've said a lot of like the negative, but is there, do you have a, uh, like a testimonial? Is there like a success story where you've seen the growth in a couple or like in the individual? Yeah. Yeah. The, the benefit of being in private practice is that I'm getting clients um, that are non-resistant. So they're ready to do the work. And okay. because I'm a believer of, of law of attraction, I put the intention that I only want clients that are ready to heal. So mm. pretty much all of my clients, I'll see that that growth in them, that what I call emotional- Say that growth. again. Say that again. Ooh. Because you believe in the law of attraction. I put the intention out there to only attract clients that are ready to heal. Wow. Hmm. And that's truly what I get. So I have a very happy <laughs> clientele. And then I'm happy too, because I can yeah. see their progress. Hmm. You you said that so casually, but that was powerful. That was powerful to set the intention um, and believe and basically manifest, right? You know, like to attract what you want. Hmm. So if Marsha can do that, right, and attract the type of clientele that she wants and stopping you. Hmm. Hmm. To someone listening right now, and they are highly intrigued by your words of wisdom, they are very much so drawn to your energy. Is there a way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, they could um, 
reach out on Instagram, Facebook. It's Marsha Pierre Inc. Um, next month, I'm actually doing a workshop on healing from toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. So I will be putting that out. It starts um, January 4th. I believe that's the Saturday. It's on the fourth. Okay. On January, you said? June fourth, sorry. Ah, so you got people waiting like six <laughs> months, seven months? June. Okay. June fourth. All right. Um and what's the name of that again? Healing from toxic relationships. Mm. So they many of us can can use that. Yeah. So the four weeks will include um, building your self-worth, um, unlearning unhealthy behaviors, and like such as negative self-talk, um, and also where the toxic toxicity came from. So it might be from their families or um, just their upbringing that allowed them to then attract those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. And if they wanted to book that, they would go where again? Um, they can go to my Facebook or Instagram. I will be put, putting out the flyer out soon. Okay. Okay. All right. So stay tuned for that. It's it's not in January. It's in June. First Starting Saturday June in June, right? Yes. And it's called How to Heal from... Toxic relationships? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Shoot, I might have to sign up. My damn so. Hmm. Okay. I can dig it. I can dig it. Marsha, I want to thank you so much for for your time, for your experiences, for your expertise, for your energy. Indeed, indeed, for blessing us here on the Blazer Line podcast. Um this right here was episode 74. So the replay will be available on YouTube momentarily. Um, as soon as we end this live broadcast, you can go watch that replay right now on YouTube. Also, the audio-only versions will be available for streaming on most of your major streaming platforms. So your Google Podcasts, your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify, your Breaker, all those. And that will be available tomorrow. For those who want to put this in your car and just, just kind of ride it right out and just kind of heal a little bit. And um, yeah, and get ready for this, for this new upcoming uh, course that Marsha has, How to Heal from Toxic Relationships. And that's coming up. In a couple of weeks. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. I love it. I love it. In in closing, is there anything that you'd like to leave our audience with for those who may be listening? Uh, don't be afraid of therapy. Just just do it. It'll be the best investment that you've ever done. Hmm. There you have it. Don't be afraid of therapy. You can be afraid of other things, but not therapy. Not therapy. No, no, no. You could just change your life. It could just be what you 
need, what you've been needing all this time. You've been looking for answers in all these other places. And answers probably not at the bar. In some cases, the answer might not be in church. Not bashing church or bashing religion or bashing God. Never that. But there are some toxic people at church, too. Mm -hmm. Mm. So the answer may not be there either. Could be at a therapist. Could be getting some, some counseling and really uncovering what's going on. Peeling back the layers of that onion. As we heal, as we grow, as we mature. Indeed, indeed. I love it. I love it. Marsha, again, we want to thank you so much. Um, thank you. For sharing, sharing this time in the midst of these playoffs, you know, for all of you basketball lovers out there, the Miami Heat and or whatever teams you are you are going for. So thank you all for still tuning in. And again, if you missed it, we got the replay, the video on YouTube, as well as the audio on streaming platforms. Indeed, indeed. Huh. This was episode 74 of the Blaze the Lion podcast. As we always say, the two most powerful components, peace and love. 